Hello and welcome to the North New South Wales newscast for the month of April. My name is Maddie from the communications team and today we are joined by General Secretary Abel Yorgulescu. Welcome, how are you? Thank you, Maddie. It's, it's great to be here. Thanks for joining us. Um, look, it's been, it's been about six weeks since we produced our last newscast and it seems like the whole world has just been upturned it, um, just in this short period of time. We've all been affected. Um, and uh, we, or we all will be affected. You either, you've either already been affected or you will be affected by what's happening. Um, Abel, what impact have you seen that the current lockdown has had on our churches within our conference, um, especially coming off the back of a rough start to a new year? Mm. Yeah, no, no, good question. You know, rough, rough uh, start of the year, you know, thinking of uh, bushfires, you know, economy has been affected, uh, livelihoods have been affected. And uh, now followed by COVID, uh, there's a significant feeling of... Uh, disappointment and what I mean by that is that church members are disappointed that they no longer uh, can meet together in a church building at church they can no longer study the Bible together and pray together and especially they can no longer have lunches together you know being able to have those potlucks and share food together and laugh and shake hands and hug someone and greet them they're all missing I personally miss that and mm. of course uh, a lot of church members are yeah, missing that's that. So, that social interaction yeah, mm. that's social interaction, exactly. And especially when you think of, um, you know, children. I've got two young children and probably every day they're telling us, um, I miss my friends, you mm. know, and Sabbath school, while we're doing Sabbath school on Zoom, is not the same. You know, it's great to connect on Zoom. You see each other, you get to talk, mm. but they can't play tags. You know, they can't be uh, in, in the same Sabbath school room to the craft together and have those activities. So that's, again, back to the social interaction and something that is very significant for us as a conference we are forced by circumstances to cancel b camp uh, for 2020 and uh, of course we had to cancel gray nomads as well and definitely many families were looking forward to this it is a uh, a highlight of our conference uh, it's a time when uh, when people get uh, you know get to to see their friends they spend time together but also when we draw closer to god young people are making decisions for Jesus Christ. So uh, we're definitely going to miss out big time uh, mm. this year. As Christians and as Adventists, um, how do we make sense of everything that's happening? You know, what approach or how should we view the, these events that are happening? Mm. Well, uh, probably before I attempt to answer that question, maybe I should uh, st- state this. Not everything that happens in life makes sense. You know, and we shouldn't expect to make sense of everything that happens in life. Uh, for me, a, a crucial example, and for, for many of our listeners, uh, when you look at the life of Job in the Bible, you know, he was an amazing person, a righteous fellow. He was praying for his family. He was walking with God. And then all of a sudden, uh, tragedy just, you know, pitched its tent in, his own, in, in Job's family, you know, and, and destruction surrounded him. And when he was searching for answers, God didn't really offer him any clear answers as such. But in a words, what was implied was, Job, you need to trust me on this. Mm. So not everything makes sense in life, but we need to keep on trusting God. So probably the question would be, who is the author of everything that is happening in the world? You know, an answer, a possible answer would be uh, in the words of Jesus Christ found in the Gospel of John, chapter 10, verse 10. And it says this, the thief does not come except to steal, to kill and to destroy. On the contrary, Jesus says, I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. So Jesus says there's a stark contrast between my work in this world 
and Satan's work. Satan's purpose can be summed up in these three actions that Jesus mentioned in John 10, 10. To steal, to kill, and to destroy. Now, you know, what is Satan seeking to steal? You know, he's, he's really not interested in stealing your, your car. He's not interested in, in stealing your wallet. You know, he has all of these things. What he's interested in is in stealing. He, he seeks to steal that, that peace that you may have. He, he seeks to steal the faith that you have in Christ. He wants you to doubt that uh, God is no longer in control, that God no longer looks after you if uh, bad things happen. Mm-hmm. So he seeks to steal all those precious things away from your life. Also, he seeks to destroy. And sadly, as we look around the world, uh, many families have been destroyed. You know, many, many people died because of this virus and families have been destroyed. And we know that through, uh, throughout you know, history, uh, nature has been destroyed and livelihoods have been destroyed. And this is Satan's purpose to destroy people's lives. Mm-hmm. And of course, um, he comes to kill. And we can see that uh, literally, you know, people are, are being killed by this virus uh, or other, you know, natural disasters in the world. But also he wants to kill hope in our hearts that the promise that Jesus uttered 2000 years ago is still real, that he will come and rescue us from this dying world. So, you know, these, these are the works of Satan. On the contrary, Jesus says, I have come that you may have life. Now, Jesus tells us he, he, he's not portraying a, uh, a, bad, a bad picture about life. He says, in this world, you will have tribulations. But be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. So Jesus is very honest. If you think of following me, Jesus said, just be prepared. In this world, you will experience tribulations. Faith in God does not equal life without any problems. As much as we'd like. As much as we'd like, definitely. Yeah. Faith in God equals assurance that as we go through problems, we are not alone. Mm. And Maddie, you know, we are here talking about this stuff and it's so much easier to talk about these things than to actually experience it and live mm. them. But what we need to do is, as we go through them, to be reminded of these amazing promises that as we try to make sense of what's happening, while we may not understand every single movement of God, we need to trust that he's still in control. In spite of these circumstances, I've come across some really encouraging things that have been happening um, in, in some of our churches, in, uh, in some of our communities. What have you seen that has given you cause to praise God even in these times? Well, uh, before we go any, before we talk about general examples, I want to tell you about my own life. I have had the opportunity of just pausing for a while and reflecting on my life. You know, like, am I really ready to see Christ coming on clouds of heaven today? And in the, in the past few weeks, you know, since uh, a lot of things have changed in Australia in terms of freedom and all of these things, I believe that God is gradually working a revival in my own heart and he's working in my family. And I've seen he's doing the same for our pastors and he's doing the same for our churches. Now, churches, uh, every single church in our conference has an online presence of some form, shape. You know, and it's amazing. Probably we're, we're thinking that this would be impossible to achieve, but under new circumstances, things were possible. Uh, so, you know, by having our churches, uh, having that presence online is great because more and more people uh, get to hear the message of the gospel. Also, what's interesting is that people are searching for answers. 
They are searching yep. for answers. You know, they want to make sense of what's happening in the world. And, and we as children of God, having the everlasting gospel in our hands, we can offer those answers that, you know, Christ predicted these things to happen. And, you know, everything that is happening in the world now, I believe Christ is preparing us for what is about to take place later on in Earth's history, because this is nothing compared to what is about to take place. If we really uh, believe the signs uh, outlined in Matthew 24, if we have a correct understanding of uh, the plagues in Revelation, if we understand that God is still holding back the winds of strife so that the gospel may be proclaimed, then we need to expect uh, more terrible things to, to, to come upon planet Earth. But in light of this, uh, people that have been in the valley of decision now are searching so they can really make a decision. They're no longer happy to be in that valley of decision. They want to make or to take a stand for God. So that's been really, really encouraging. You know, someone has been saying, uh, God has the ability of turning every disappointment into an appointment. And, I like that. I like that. And, you know, there's a, there, are, there are a lot of disappointments happening in, in today's society, in the world. But I want you to just for a second pause and say, God will turn this disappointment that you are experiencing at this very moment, he will turn it into an appointment. And think of Joseph's life in the Bible. You know, betrayed by his own brothers, beaten and sold as a slave. Significant disappointment. But God turned that into his appointment as a ruler in Egypt. Think of young Daniel, captured by Babylonians. The temple, Jerusalem, was destroyed. Most likely his parents probably were killed, relatives killed. But that disappointment in him being led as a slave to Babylon turned out into a significant appointment, becoming a ruler of that empire. Mm-hmm. I think that's a question that we should all be asking, saying in, this, in these times where people are under pressure, God, what do you want me to do? Obviously, there are things that we can no longer do. We can't obviously, well, some of us can't go to our workplace. We're working from home. Our, our mm. schedules are upturned. Our kids um, might not have the same schedule. God, what do you, you're talking about an appointment here. What does God need me to do during this time? And, and also just another flavor on your question is, God, why are you try, what are you trying to teach me mm-hmm. through yep. this circumstance? And uh, I think it's better to prepare now for what is about to, to take place on earth on this planet later on you know god just help me to be ready and i think it's about developing that trust that god is there for you he's not against you and uh, probably you're familiar one of the most uh, uh, often commandments found in the bible is actually fear not <laughs> you know we, so we, good. we talk about a number of commandments which you know of course we've got the ten commandments written by the word of god and you know they are holy they represent the character of god but if you read carefully from genesis to revelation one of the key phrases that god keeps repeating to his children is fear not why 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 does he say that well first of all he says that because he implies there are there are reasons for us to fear and we will end up in a circumstance where we will fear things but he commands us to fear not. And um, I love this passage in, in Psalm 56. I mean, you know, probably those that are listening are thinking of uh, dozens of passages in the Bible that have the key phrase, fear not, 
And Maddie, probably you're thinking of one. Joshua, chapter Joshua, one. Exactly. <laughs> now, fear not. Uh, I want to share one that probably is not as, as popular from Psalm 56, verses 3 and 4. It says this, Whenever I am afraid, I will trust in you. It seems that trust in God is the, is the antidote for fear. Because the two of them cannot live in your heart at the same time. Fear and trust in God cannot coexist. They exclude each other. And it goes on verse 4. In God, in God I have put my trust. I will not fear. Why? Because I trust in God. Mm -hmm. And I think what we need to, to pray for as believers, as children of God, is for, uh, for trust, for faith in God. Uh, you know, Jesus asked himself, why did you doubt? You know, why didn't you believe that I will carry you through this? And, um, you know, we've got in Gospel of Luke, an amazing verse that says, when the Son of Man will come, will he find faith? And I think what God is looking for in the midst of this pandemic, in the midst of this crisis, is looking for faithful women, for faithful men, for faithful children that will choose to hold on to God no matter what. Thanks for joining us, Abel. Thanks for encouraging words. And if you're listening, thank you for joining us today. Uh, we pray that you will stay strong in faith, keep your eyes on Christ. And uh, these events just remind us of the glorious hope that we have in the return of Jesus Christ, that one day we will see him in the clouds of heaven. So continue to pray. Continue to pray for your leaders and for the leaders of the countries from around the globe. And um, until next time, God bless you.